Well, what a, what a wonderful surprise. <laughs> it would be inappropriate to say what... Uh, turn the mic off. But look what the cat dragged in. And I'm so <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, it was a Lutheran cat. Uh, well, good morning, everybody, and peace be with you. We uh, have a really big shoe today. Um, we are, today is, is the last Sunday of Advent, so that's why I'm wearing blue. And next week will be the first Sunday of Christmas. So today, um, because of the way that Christmas fell, um, I will be doing a sermon on uh, the nativity of Christ. So we're kind of blending today, and, and that's okay. And um, so I just want to wish you all Merry Christmas, and welcome, and blessings to you. You've been prayed over, the service has been prayed over, and we're just asking the Lord to do the gospel unto you hearers through his Holy Spirit. And so we have uh, some announcements now, do we? Are you doing announcements? Okay, well, Daryl's going to do some announcements. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. Uh, pretty much the announcements are all in the bulletin. Uh, the highlights there would be that the uh, church office is going to be closed most of the first part of the week. Thursday is open. Uh, I think Pastor sent out a little note about that. Uh, the uh, the uh, sit and be fit, I was just told, is going to be canceled for the next two weeks, uh, next Tuesday. So. You can take that off your schedules. The uh, annual congregational meeting, a uh, little reminder that's coming up next month. So be thinking about that. If you've got any concerns or issues that you'd like to bring up, uh, we'll be looking at the budget and uh, as a council, uh, looking at it pretty strong next week. Thanks to Susan. She's out here somewhere. There she is. And, uh, and I really want to say hello, hello, Helen. It's, it's so, so nice to see you again and uh, glad that she made it today. The only other thing really is that to keep in mind that uh, Victory Outreach is the recipient of our mission, so if you got a little extra, give it to them. They do wonderful work with the people out in the streets, so thank you very much, and Merry Christmas.
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. <coughs> for this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. <coughs> Help, save, Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Amen. 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant that the birth of your only begotten Son in the flesh may set us free from the bondage of sin. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Uh, the first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 52, verses 7 through 10, and can be found on page 1144 in the Pew Bible. Um, in this reading, Isaiah is telling us that it's a wonderful privilege to be able to share God's good news with others. Isaiah 52, 7 through 10. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it in their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. We will read Psalm 2 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin on page 6. This psalm is written to celebrate the coronation of the Israelite king, but it's also written for the coronation of Christ. Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let's break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them with his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss the son, or he will be angry, and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. The next reading is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 12, and can be found on page 1862 in the Pew Bible. This chapter is titled, Christ is Greater Than the Angels. Hebrews 1, 1 through 12. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets 
at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom we appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much, uh, he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness, Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment they will be changed, but you will remain the same and your years will never end. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. gospel according to St. John from the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is John 1, verses 1 through 18, and can be found on in your pew Bible on page 1899. John records, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, 
the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you all pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There are uh, many people in this church that uh, ask me some really great questions, and I'm so grateful for them. Um, uh, Sharon, you're one of them. She's smiling. And on my way over this morning, Tim asked me a really good question, and it really lines up with the sermon. And I couldn't give him the whole sermon in the amount of time we had setting up here, but I'm going to go like this to you when Psalm 49 comes up, because that's the part I was trying to articulate to you, Tim, and, and I think you'll, you'll understand what I was uh, saying. So, um, in the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. In ancient historians, ancient historians, guys that, that wrote the books that we read in the canon of uh, the Holy Bible, and then there's others that are um, not included in what we know as the Holy Bible, they had some really funny names. Uh, in, in, in our modern ears, uh, you, you, know, you tend to go, what? But let me just say some of them. There are names like Cornelius Tacitus, Gaius Suetonius Tranquillus, Flavius Josephus, and so forth. And if you were to study their works, you would find a tremendous amount of proof. Beside their funny names, there would be some, a lot of proof that there really was a man named Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus. And you would learn that this Jesus was a rabbi. 
who was very, very popular in Galilee and who was hated by the ruling class in Jerusalem. You would learn that the ruling class eventually used their political clout to get this man executed on a Roman cross at the order of Pontius Pilate. And any scholar of ancient history in the Middle East will readily admit that the evidence is overwhelming that there really was a man who fits the biblical description of Jesus the Christ. The evidence concerning the man, Jesus of Nazareth, is overwhelming. But believing in Jesus as a man is not enough. There's more. Let's unpack it. In the hallelujah verse that we sang just before the gospel reading this morning, we sang part of a verse of the gospel of John. This verse goes like this. It's from John 6, and it's verses 60 through 69. Verse 60 starts, When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, he said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives flesh. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And then he said to them, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. And after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So, Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? And then we know that it was Peter that said this, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now many people in John's day and today are quite ready to accept the human Jesus, but they also need to know that Jesus was not just a man, but that he is God. God in the flesh and blood. And trusting in Jesus as both God and man is part of the foundation of the faith that brings eternal life. Now today's gospel from John, it makes it very clear makes it very clear that the baby who lies in the manger, manger I did it earlier too, manger, manger, 
is no ordinary child. This baby is both God and man. John's gospel begins with the same words that begin the first book of Moses. In the beginning, with these words, John's gospel takes us back before time. He takes us back into eternity before the creation of time or space. He takes us to the existence of God and nothing else. In the beginning was the Word. Back in the beginning, God is there and the Word is there. If only God is there, then the Word must be God, and that is exactly what our Gospel reading says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this little sentence says something that we really can't completely understand. It is something that we can only know by faith. In eternity, when God is all there is, the Word is there because God is the Word. The Word is God. Now, it's strange and as wonderful as that opening sentence is, today's gospel goes on to show us another way that this word is God. We read, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. These words teach us that the word was active in God's work of creation, but they do more than that. Listen, if all things were created through the Word, then the Word cannot be one of the created things. One more time. If all things were created through the Word, then the Word cannot be one of the created things. If the Word was not created, then the Word must be God. For only God exists without being created. There's more. The gospel then continues. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. This verse tells us that every living thing receives its life from the word, that the word is the source of life. And more than life, this word is the source of light. And later on, our gospel tells us that this light is the light that enlightens everyone. This light is the light of reason, and it is the light of intellect, the light by which we understand things and develop art. Where's Adeline? That little light in you shines there, little girl. That's the light of God. It helps us to understand things and develop art and other skills. We receive all of this from the Word. So, 
Today's gospel introduces us to this word. The word is God in eternity. He is God in creation. He is God of life. He is God of thought. Our gospel really wants us to understand that the Word is God. So who is this Word? Today's gospel tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It is here that we learn that the Word came to live with us and that John and his companion saw the Word in all of his glory. This Word is the only Son from the Father. And the whole rest of the Gospel of John is about the Word. And by the time we read the whole gospel according to John, we discover that the word is Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit inspired John to make it very clear to us that Jesus really is God. And it is not enough for us to say that Jesus is born and that Mary laid him in a manger. The Gospel of John wants us to understand that this baby is not just a man-child. The Gospel of John wants us to understand that this baby is the big G God. So when we look in the manger, we are looking at God. This baby is our creator and our Lord. It is important that we understand that Jesus is not just a baby lying in a manger. Christmas is not just an excuse to decorate our houses and to spend lots of money. Christmas is about a warrior, a warrior stepping on to the battlefield. This is about God taking on human flesh in order to battle the devil and to save us from our sins. This warrior who defeats sin, death, and the devil begins the battle with his perfect life. And since God considers life to begin at conception, that means that the warrior's life must be perfect from conception to the grave. And the Holy Spirit inspired King David to write this. Psalm 51.5. He says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. The fact is, we are already sinners, even in our mother's womb. A mere human baby is already lost and condemned at birth. 
And only a baby who is both God and man can live a perfect life from conception to the grave. And this is the one reason that the warrior who rescues us must be God. This is your part, Tim. After the warrior lives a perfect life, after the warrior lives a perfect life, he must offer up that life for the sins of the world. All sins for the whole world. The Holy Spirit inspired the sons of Korah to write in Psalm 49, Truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice, but that he should live on forever and never see the pit. Okay, what does that mean, Pastor? Well, from this verse, we learn that even if a man could live a perfect life, the only person he could save would be himself. He could not ransom not even one other person. Only a warrior who is both God and man can ransom another. And the warrior must be man in order to offer his life, and he must be God in order for that life to be a sufficient ransom for all people. So Jesus, whose birthday we celebrate tomorrow, is the only one who can be the warrior who saves us, those who believe, from sin. Jesus is God. He is the Word who was with God and Father in the beginning. Jesus is man, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Only Jesus is both God and man. And only Jesus is our Savior. Now on this day and tomorrow, we remember the manger. We remember that God came to this earth as one of us in order to do battle with sin, death, and the devil. We remember that that the baby in the manger, the one who looks so helpless, is already at war. That baby is preparing a perfect life that he will give to us with his suffering and his death on the cross. That baby is the one who will rise from death to prepare a way to heaven for us, all who believe. And the great comfort of Christmas that flows from the great mystery of a helpless baby lying in a manger who is at the same time the Lord and Master of all things. For in that mystery, in that mystery lays God's plan to rescue us from the devil the world, and our own sinful nature. Jesus is the eternal Word who dwells with us in flesh and blood. He is 
the Word incarnate. And those who trust the eternal Word made flesh will lose their guilt and gain everlasting life. In the name of Jesus, this is most certainly true. Amen. Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed that's found on page 4 of your bulletin. 
We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for all of God's people in accordance with their needs. Lord, all the ends of the earth will see your salvation. Lift our hearts to hope and joy in the celebration of our Savior's birth, that we would manifest this joy in witness to the world. Lord, in your mercy, bless churches and schools and every place where the good news of God in our flesh is taught. Guide our hearts to discern the voice of truth from error. Lead us to know and confess with all joy the good news of our Savior, that those who hear may rejoice with us and the holy angels to worship Christ, the newborn King. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, you have comforted your people and bared your holy arm for our salvation. Preserve those threatened by persecution for the sake of Christ. Grant courage, comfort, and peace to those who suffer danger or violence. Lord, in your mercy, God of peace, look on the nations of this world Give them a spirit of peace so that conflicts would cease and reveal through the birth of Jesus your great salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Give peace to the troubled in mind and heart. Deliver them from the taunts and temptations of the evil one. Enable us to help them with compassion. Lord, in your mercy, 
mercifully grant healing, relief, and comfort, and peace to all the sick, to those who suffer, to the dying, and to those who grieve, especially those that we lift up in our hearts right now and out loud. Bless doctors, nurses, all medical professionals and caregivers in their service of aid and comfort. Let all rejoice in the good news of Christ, our light and our salvation. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, you graciously give us everything that we need. Teach us generosity for the work of your kingdom. Accept the tithes and offerings that we return to you, through which we display before the world our trust in your provisions and goodness. Lord, in your mercy, Father, the great love that laid your Son in a manger also lays his flesh and blood before us in bread and wine. Grant us grace to bow our hearts before him with all those in heaven and on earth who adore him, that we may receive his forgiveness and life with repentance and joy. Lord, in your mercy, Lord God, in the birth of your Son, you have called people from every time and place into his body, the church. We give you thanks for the believers who went before us, especially who were with us in Christmas past and who now live with you. Grant us your confidence in your promise of resurrection and eternal life and bring us with them at last into your presence through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace.
Will you please stand if you're able? And will you please pray with me? Merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves and our time and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we join their praise in their unending hymn, Holy... night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. Then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us all together pray the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The Word became incarnate, and the Word dwelled amongst us. The, Lord, the Word lived a perfect life, a perfect death, a perfect resurrection. We celebrate the wedding feast of the 
Lamb with this, these simple elements, his body given for us, his blood shed for us. The sacrament of the altar is a mandate uh, by Jesus. Do this in remembrance of me. It also delivers us grace, grace upon grace. If this is your confession, and I heard you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, then come. The table is prepared, and the ushers will bring you forward.
Did you hear that? That didn't sound like 600, but it sounded like rolling thunder. How great thou art, right? That is uh, some good souls on Harley's delivering toys to the Elks Club, is it? Wonderful. So praise God for all of his little helpers. And, and the body of Christ has got lots of different parts, including Harley riders. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our sending song uh, this morning, right after it, um, I've been told I need to stay up here, and I'll bet you Ashley does too, because Ed has an announcement. Did I do that right? Pretty much? Okay. All right. Thank you, Nick. Thank you.